With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ho, ho, and welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, <laughs> an Espionation blog covering your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm Charlie Old PD, joined by the most famous ranger of all, Eric Seeds. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, man. We are full of holiday cheer and Christmas ale, but sadly, there is not happy news in the NHL this week as COVID is running rampant through the league, the Omicron variant. Uh, is proving to be quite virulent. Uh, the Blue Jackets uh, operations have been suspended for this week. The mo- game Monday night against in Buffalo canceled. Uh, the game Thursday at home against Buffalo also canceled. Next Monday's game against Toronto, unlikely to happen given border restrictions put in place by Canada. We have now, I think at last I checked, 11 teams have been shut down for the week up to the holiday break. I say at the moment because things are changing every half hour, hour. There's new information coming out. Uh, Reminds me a lot of March 2020 in terms of a rapidly changing situation. Um, From Frank Saravelli at about 6 o'clock, sources say there have been conversations today about a possible league-wide shutdown effective tomorrow. The situation remains very fluid. No decision yet. Now just seven games left on the schedule before Christmas break. 44 games have been postponed this season. 39 of those were in the last seven days. Um, you know, looking at the schedule tonight, there were five games on the schedule tonight and uh, only one of them is happening. And who knows if any of the other games this week will happen. So seeds, I gotta, I gotta ask you, what the hell are we doing, man? That's a great question. And I wish I had any sort of answer for you. Um, Cause I don't, I have no idea what the hell we're doing um, on the planet, in the league, anywhere. Not really sure what's happening. I don't. I don't even know where to start with this because it's all just. It's all like you said. It's all so fluid and things are changing 
any given moment here. Like, for all we know, this podcast could be out of date by the time we are finished recording it. Like, like to follow up on Sarah on that Sarah Valley tweet, um, the NHL has apparently discussed um, discussed a, sh- a total shutdown. Um, they've discussed uh, suspending play through the holiday. They've discussed uh, suspending play through New Year's Eve with a return to play, with, starting with the Winter Classic. As from what it sounds like, with what Sarah Valley's reporting and what Friedman and Merrick talked about on Thirty Two Thoughts today, like the NHL is. They are hellbent on they will not lose the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. That's their big thing. The NHL, it, they just take too much of a financial bath. They, they're not losing that because of the advertising revenue and everything that goes into the Winter Classic. They're not going to lose that game. But other than that, for the rest of the teams, like I have no idea what we're doing. Like, I mean, the, the Blue Jackets were not affected, but then they played two games against two teams where they had where both teams had a player removed mid-game for a positive test. Um, Tucker Pullman for Vancouver was yanked, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins was yanked. Um, and, and well, and they had also had played in Seattle, and then Seattle right. came down with cases shortly thereafter as well. Yeah, so it's but but at the same time, it's like okay, we're shutting down, but we don't, you know, this isn't going to be just a couple day thing. Like we're, you know, it's not like March, 2020 in that, you know, it's two weeks to flatten the curve because it, it, we're just, we're beyond that point. There is no curve to flatten here. So if, so at some point, are we just gonna have to power through it? Um, are we just gonna, are we just gonna have to take a long pause until the or the Omicron variant passes? Like, who knows what we're doing? I don't know. I don't think the league knows at this point. There's just, there are so many things going on. What it sounds like the best thing that can possibly happen is for safety, for player safety sake, for fan sake, for the league's sake, for ongoing. If you want to keep going to games and have games to continue to go to players and fans need to either get vaccinated. If you're not, or in the case of most players who are vaccinated, um, and if you are vaccinated but have not gotten the booster shot, go get the booster shot. That just seems like the best course of action at this point because um, it means you're not gonna. It means you're gonna have better protection against the Omicron variant. It means you're gonna, you know, likely not get as sick. Um, we've seen data from uh, South Africa and Europe where those boosted individuals who are exposed to Omicron are very unlikely to go get. Uh, you know, go, go get to the hospital. They're, they're having very mild symptoms. If they have symptoms at all, go get boosted, get vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, that's the best option we have at this point, because at some point we're just going to, it's coming to a head where at some point it's going to be either we stop the season for a long period of time, or we just keep going. And let me clarify this here. The league is entirely vaccinated with the exception of Tyler Bertuzzi. And so far from what we've seen, most of the cases that have been reported so far are asymptomatic or at worst, or mild, mild symptoms. Yeah. So for the Blue Jackets over the weekend, it was Boone Jenner, Jack Roslevic, and Gabriel Carlson that were first put on protocol. Uh, on Monday, they added Eric Robinson, Andrew Peak, and Jonas Corposalo. Uh, Aaron Portsline reported that five of the six are asymptomatic, and the one who has symptoms has mild symptoms. Uh, we don't know which one's which, obviously. Uh, I really hope that it's not Corpusalo because he just recently got over a non-COVID illness that had you know, knocked him out of the lineup for about two weeks. So I really hope that he's okay. 
uh, it's been, he just cannot catch a break this season. So that's really hard to see, but uh, hopefully that continues to be the case that these players are asymptomatic. I also hope that, you know, we don't know about long COVID. We don't know what kind of effects can happen. Even if you're asymptomatic, we just don't know, but hopefully things are okay with that. But yeah, we know the players are vaccinated. We don't know yet about the booster status for the players, but hopefully that is something that players are considering now if they haven't already gotten it. Um, I know that for my own, my own part, personally, I got boosted a couple weeks ago. And now that I'm seeing the data about the protection that, that provides, I feel much better about it. I feel much more protected now knowing that I have that. Um, and that, you know, even if I were to catch it, the odds of me getting a serious case are much, much lower, which, so that is a, the silver line that we have now that we would not have had obviously in March, 2020, when we really didn't know what we were dealing with or, or even last season where, you know, the, the vaccine wasn't widely available yet. Right. And I got my booster as well and feel, feel much safer about it. Um, knowing that if something happened to me, if I were to, you know, catch it, I would likely not have a severe case. Um, what's, uh, and we're and you mentioned you know we're guys are you know asymptomatic for the most part you know these players who are catching it you know we're not just seeing that in the in the NHL or in the Blue Jackets we're seeing that across the league and across multiple sports leagues like you're a Browns fan PD I'm a I'm a Rams fan both of our teams had games postponed last couple of days because of massive COVID outbreaks now I'm not as up on the Browns but I assume it's the same case like the Rams had 25 guys test positive and they had like three guys of those 25 who were symptomatic or they had like three of the 25 who were symptomatic. I don't know the exact number of Browns players that were symptomatic, but I think it was similarly low. I know there was, there has been then a push from the players urging the NFL to consider, you know, allowing asymptomatic vaccinated players to continue to play. And I believe the NHL PA has been, raising that possibility as well. I'm a little worried about that because I've, as long as you're contagious, I think you need to be isolated. But if there's a point where you might still have it, but you're not contagious, then I would say, yeah, if you're not symptomatic, then yeah, okay, go ahead and let, you know, we can be working on a shorter time frame and not like, oh, you're automatically out for two weeks or whatever. Right. I, I don't think the the NHL is ever going to go to a model of testing like the NFL is trying to go to, where like you know there's there's less stringent testing because they'll never let them cross the Canadian border. Right. Otherwise, they will never the, the Canadian border the Canadian government will not let that happen. Right, I, and I will say, as much as I'm willing to let those players play, mm-hmm. I think it. I still think it's important to be doing the testing because. It is such useful data to have, you know, because you have Mm -hmm. this large sample of individuals um, all in good shape and, you know, all are mostly vaccinated. And if they're being tested that often, then you can get a much better idea of how exactly this virus is spreading. It makes it easier to do contact tracing because you know where these guys are when they're at the facility and whatnot. So I, I, I think testing is definitely important, even if you respond to the results differently. Right. And I'm just, it's, this is why I don't think the NHL will actually shut down. It's not, 
it's not just because of dollars. It's not just because of, you know, we got to get these games in. It's not because of what are they going to do with the schedule? Um, Friedman, Friedman reported on 32 thoughts that I just uh, listened to that um, the NHL has a schedule already made up to make up the games that were missed. They have contingencies. They just have, they haven't released it obviously um, because why would they until like absolutely necessary, but the NHL has, made the plans and they have contingencies available for the schedule. I don't think they'll shut down because it's just like, like, like we've discussed it's to what, what, like what is the end game if you're, if you're right. shutting down, like I can maybe see them shutting down until like after the holidays, because there's seven games. This week. We might as well, there's seven games left right now. As we, as we record this, who knows when you hear this, how many games are actually left. Right. But, um, so if you if you take those couple games off the docket and then just proceed, you know, fresh slate Sunday morning and go from there, that might be a better strategy because at least, you know, some guy, you know, you guys will have been contained, guys will have been home, guys will hopefully been following protocols while they're at home. And then we can come back with a with a new slate with some enhanced protocols, enhanced testing, and go from there kind of like we were last year, get a little more restrictions on the road, things like that. Mm-hmm. But having an extended shutdown, it's just like, this isn't going to pass in a week. So at some point, the NHL has to make a decision of what are we willing to accept. And it seems like what they're willing to accept is guys are just, you know, they're just going to cancel games as need be or reschedule them and move them around. And maybe we'll go to like a baseball style schedule where, you know, you're you're in an area where you have a game against a missed a team you missed. Well, good, not, good news. Now you have another back to back on the on your schedule. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing is in, in for the rest of the season is they're just going to try and get teams to 82 games however they can do it and fit games in wherever they can and use that olympic break which we're I'm sure we're about to get to they're going to use that olympic break to make up the games. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Right. So a major decision is coming up, which is how do, do we go to the Olympics? This is something that the players were adamant about wanting to do uh, back in the summer when they were negotiating the new collective bargaining agreement. 
and the NHL was not as enthusiastic, but they did agree to it. But now the two parties have to decide pretty soon. They've come up on a drop-dead date of, all right, are NHL players going to the Olympics or not? And I get the sense that the players have definitely cooled on the prospect. Protocols were announced um, that, you know, if you're in China and you test positive, that China is going to keep you there for three to five weeks in quarantine. And I think players see that and realize, oh, I don't want to spend five weeks in quarantine in China uh, away from my family uh, and then away from my team as we're entering the playoff stretch run. Uh, that's just just not feasible. Um, and even guys that were very gung-ho about wanting to you know, go and represent the country, it's a great honor, but it's just not worth that risk. Um, and I think from the NHL standpoint, given the games that they've had to postpone, the fact that they have this three-week gap built into the schedule makes it much easier to reschedule those games. You mentioned a big decision is coming. I think the big decision has already been made. They're just trying to figure out how to announce it. If it's league announced, player announced, or if it's a joint decision. And I'm kind of surprised we're here on Monday with this. As we record this, they haven't they haven't made that decision yet because I don't think they're going. I think the I just think that I don't think the NHL players are going to go. There's been talk of, I'm not going to get the exact phrasing right, but I want to say it's like major damage to the schedule by the pauses. And the the NHL had this opt-out clause, or they had this, there was this opt-out clause into the built into the CBA that if COVID caused like major damage or something like, something along those lines to the NHL schedule, they could opt out of going to the Olympics if they needed that time to make up these games. And I'm pretty sure with near 50 games postponed at this point that that probably hits that threshold so yeah and and i do think though that the nhl doesn't want to have to use that option if they don't have to i would agree with you that i think when it is announced that it will be a joint statement between the league and the players association they will (laughs) make they will make this decision together they will be on the same page about it in terms of when it comes out uh i could definitely see this being a friday news dump on christmas eve when (laughs) no one's really paying attention that would be a good time for them to drop (laughs) that that would be that would be peak nhl (laughs) yeah i I really think it would be and you know i'm and i'm of of mixed feelings about it because on one hand i i think we're way past due for seeing a true best on best international tournament you know i think it it would be one of the most talented american teams we've ever seen but also team canada would be stacked and we would we're talking about like fourth line Patrice Bergeron like that's just absolutely ridiculous forward depth it'd be exciting to see you know Bjorkstrand take Denmark back to the Olympics for the first time in a long time see Elvis Merzlikens play for Latvia you know the smaller countries where it really does mean a lot to get to the Olympics but at the same time I'm not as enthusiastic about participating in these Olympics you know given the situation with the pandemic still being very active worldwide and then just other reasons of frustration and anger towards the Chinese Communist Party and, and that regime and their various human rights abuses, their lack of transparency when it came to the virus spreading in the early days. We're pulling NHLers out of the Olympic Games in China. That's not a, a huge loss for me, honestly. I would love to see a another World Cup of Hockey like we had in 2016 run that, you know, this coming September, if it's run by the NHL, that means another source of revenue for the NHL, and that can help to make up for the money that they're still losing. Um, you know, in Canada, we've had Quebec say that there could be no fans. Ontario has gone down to like 50% capacity. 
And that's a big bullet to league because they want to have full arenas this year to start bringing in that revenue that they didn't have last season. And this is just making longer and longer that we're going to have a flat cap. The players are going to have to keep contributing to escrow. It's a big problem. Yeah, I want the NHL players to go to the Olympics at some point because I want to see, you know, some of these players who haven't gotten a chance to go, go. Like, I I don't think Nathan McKinnon was on Team Canada last time they went. I don't think, you know, Zach Warinski hasn't gotten a chance to go. I'd like to see him there for Team USA. He'd be a shoe-in on that roster. I'd like to see Connor McDavid, etc. Jack Eichel. on on team usa you know i'd like to see some of these guys go i just don't think the scenario right now is feasible for them to go and that's why i think this is going to be i think it's going to be a joint decision because teams obviously don't want players to go because they don't want them to get you know they not only they don't want them to get hurt in in china they don't want them to test positive for covid and be stuck over there for up to five weeks when the team might be like pushing for the playoffs like imagine Sidney crosby test negative get hops on the flight to China tests positive once he lands, doesn't get to play in the Olympics for Team Canada, and then is stuck in China for five weeks, and the Penguins are just out him. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's like worst case scenario for any player or any team. So I, I just that's why, I, and I—and the player doesn't want to be stuck over in China for five weeks while this happens. Like it's—it's it's why I don't think it's why this is probably going to come as a joint decision. It'll probably come sometime this week. I would like. Now that you mentioned it, a Friday news dump does seem 1,000% plausible <laughs> in, in how this is going to happen because it would be peak NHL. Like, oh, hey, it's it's 8 p.m. and It's a Wonderful Life is starting on NBC. Oh, good news. Now we're, uh, we're dumping that the NHL players can't go to the Olympics. Um, it sucks because I really do want to see a best-on-best tournament, but I want to see it done in a way where players can be safe and healthy and not have to spend extended time away from their families if something were to happen. And I think there is a way that we'll get there. A World Cup could possibly be that. Or, you know, if they organize something next offseason where, you know, they have a World Cup of hockey or something, sure, let's do that. You know, get, you know. But I, I, I just don't think the Olympics is feasible right now. And it, it really sucks that, you know, this, that this is all still ongoing. It just really, really kind of wears on you as a... Yeah. Sports fan is an ath- I'm sure as an athlete, just as a human being, this is all just wearing on us. Like, oh my god, here we go again, and it's just exhausting. Yeah, it is incredibly exhausting. We're coming up on you know nearly two years of dealing with this thing, and I'm kind of sick of dealing with it. Honestly, you know, I feel like I did my part by working from home for 13 months. You know, I've, I've done my part by getting vaccinated and getting boosted. So I kind of want to just go about with my life and and even you know like screw the consequences at this point because it's just not worth being stuck at home alone all the time you know it's really really hard and i feel bad for the players now having to go back into these protocols which i mean i think it's the right decision to go back into the protocols but you know i think about a guy like patrick line who i think part of why he struggled last season was because he didn't get a chance to really get to be with his teammates you know uh, and so wasn't ever really comfortable with the city or, or the, the locker room because just wasn't spending that much time together. And I think this year, the fact that he was able to be with them more was helping his mood, which was helping his play. Um, and there was an interview with him, you know, when he got back to the team, rejoined the team after he's had his injury, his father passed suddenly. So he went back to Finland for the funeral. And he said something at the first practice, like, it's just good to be back with the boys. And so now for him to like just get back and then, like immediately, these protocols go into 
go into place and so he can't be with them that's god it's just it's just heartbreaking and i feel so bad for him about that you know you know we think of these guys as you know just professional athletes who are out there every day but you know these guys are you know real people same as we are like they've they, they you know they you know credit to robin Leonard, who uh has been one of the most outspoken not just NHL players, but athletes about mental health issues sure. and what things he's focused on and brought a, and helped bring awareness to as a professional athlete. But, you know, these guys go through it. They, you know, they get frustrated and tired and, you know, think things wear on them. Like I remember reading an interview last spring after Max Domi got his vaccination. He's like, man, this has been wearing on me day in and day out as a type one diabetic with a chronic illness. Like, this is a this is a thing that he you know it, he was terrified he, he admitted to like basically being terrified of like yeah. if I get this could this like kill me and he's a professional athlete like I I feel bad you know these guys these guys go through it same as we do they get frustrated and tired and worn out and exhausted and I'm sure it's hard going through these protocols just to play hockey games like they just they just want to show up to the rink with their buddies and you know screw around and go play and then go on to the next city and they, and it's hard for them to do that now and build that kind of camaraderie. So it's, it's just really frustrating that we're still here. I get everyone, I get the, you know, fans and players are tired and just want this all to be over. And, you know, I'm right there with you. Like I'm pretty damn tired of this to be honest, but you know, we gotta, we gotta keep people safe as we try and get, as we try and hopefully get through this by, I don't know, you know, until, Maybe maybe these antiviral pills come around or something else, but you know we're we're working on getting there. It's just yeah. hanging on and helping each other get through it till we do. With the time we have left, let's talk a little bit about actual hockey. Jackets blew a big lead and lost in Vancouver. Got down in a big hole early against Edmonton and, and couldn't come back all the way. This team's really been struggling on the road just been struggling in general to put together a complete game. There are games where they can score, but then they give up a bunch of goals or games where they actually do play good defense, but then they can't score. Almost like you're a young team with an inexperienced head coach and a lot of rookies and a lot of young guys with minimal experience in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, do you, is that the full explanation or, or do you think, is there any short-term fix for what's going wrong with them? My shortest short-term fix would be uh, Elvis needs to figure out how to pl- how the hell to play goaltender on the road. <laughs> um, considering he has like a 930 at home and an 870 on the road. Um, other than that, this team just has to, what I, what I see from this team on a night in night out basis is just a lack of consistency. There, there, it, there doesn't seem to be consistency in why guys are staying in the lineup. There doesn't seem to be consistency in play. There doesn't seem to be consistency in deployment. There doesn't seem to be, they're, they're just, there doesn't really seem to be much consistency or plan with this organization. And it's like, we as fans are allowed to, you know, live and die by this team on a night to night basis. Like, Oh, this, you know, this, this game means, you know, we're X close to the playoffs or we're, we're, we're now four points out of the playoff race or whatever, but the team and the coaching staff cannot lose that focus. They need to remember what this or what this team is and what they are. You know, if you are playing Chinikov 15 minutes a night and he's making some mistakes, but he's also, you know, generating some offensive, you know, abilities and he, and, you know, you're playing Cole Sillinger the minutes he should be playing. And he's, you know, learning how to play defensive hockey. He's making some mistakes and the team is in, and might cost the team a goal here or there, but he's also, you know, making a recognizable step in the center position in like his defensive awareness. 
that's what this season is meant for. This this was never going to be a playoff team this year, or they were never going to be a shoe in for the playoffs. And I would like to see whenever this team comes back more of a focus on we know this team is probably not a playoff team. It'd be great if we made the if we played the kids, got and used this evaluation time and developmental period to learn what we have in players like Chinikov, in Christensen, in Emil Bemstrom, who I'm not even sure has seen the ice yet this season. Not yet. Which is downright disgraceful when you're uh, icing guys like Gregory Hoffman, who's 28, you know, Justin Danforth, 28 years old. Those guys, when this team is ready to contend again in a couple of years, they're not going to be here. There is no consistent reason for them to be in the lineup. There is no reason for them to consistently be drawing in over these players who are younger, need development time and time to evaluate what they are because they could potentially be here or they might be an asset that you are willing to trade down the future as part either on their own or as part of a package. That is what I would like to see from this team. I think there is, I think the biggest plan or the biggest issue with this organization on a night in night out basis is a distinct lack of focus on any specific plan. Yeah, I agree that there's a lack of focus. Um, Just the fact that they are not putting in a consistent effort for 60 minutes. I think they, maybe they have a lead and then they, they forget about how they got the lead. And so they end up blowing it. Or, you know, they're not focused to start the game, and so they get in a big hole. And then even if they play pretty even for the rest of the game, that's not enough to dig out of it. The youth and inexperience factor certainly contributes to it, but that is not sufficient to me. Because I can accept that for a game or two, that that Mm -hmm. would be a factor. But then I want to see the team learn from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when they keep losing in the same way we keep seeing the same inconsistency i'm wondering where the progress is there and i it's one thing if they lose because the players just aren't good enough yet but when i see players and a number of the players not playing up to their maximum level that's something i've got a problem with i want to at least see the players give their all and if that's not enough if you know if your best isn't enough to stop Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, like that's fine with me. But <laughs> when, when you actually do shut those guys down at five on five, but then blow goals to the fourth liners on the Oilers, that's something I got a problem with. Who've been getting caved in all year, we should add. Yeah, exactly. That's my point of frustration. Yeah, it's it's dis- and it's really disappointing seeing some of the veterans on this roster just not show up on a night in night up. Like some of the players who have been around for a while and like, like for example, um, I know he's coming off a major surgery and a lot of rust, but Gus Nyquist has been bad this season. I mean, he is been like, I like, I like, I would be perfectly fine when this team comes back, seeing him sit for a couple games because sure he's, he, he just hasn't performed well. He just has, he just hasn't been good enough. And I don't know if that's just age and injury catching up to him or what, but he has just, it's just flat out not good enough. Yeah. You know, in rust, I would, I would accept as an explanation through like the first 10 games, but game 30, 30 games into the year. No. Yeah. That's not, that's not enough. All right. Well, on that chipper note, that's it for this, us this week. I don't know if we will have an episode next week. It depends on if there's anything new to discuss, but we will still have content throughout this week and next week at jacketscanon.com. So as always, check us out on there. 
Follow us on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. And from all of us at the Cannon, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And have a very Merry Christmas with your family. We'll see you next time. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. For more content from the Cannon, go to jacketscannon.com. You can also follow the Cannon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perlin and Howlin' Moons. Go to AngelaPerlin.com for more music and show dance.